Welcome back to the channel, guys, uh, for a special video to cover the recent incursions and shootdowns over the US and Canada. Uh, I've been covering this over on my Instagram a lot, and I've had an awful amount of requests to do a video here on YouTube. So uh, let's get into it. Joining me today for this one is my good friend, former F-16 pilot, Chris Leto. Chris, how are you, man? Great, Vinny. Hello, mate. Thank you. Thanks for no, I appreciate me. you. I really appreciate you doing this, man. I just, yeah, like I said, I, I've been asked to cover this and I thought, you know, you've been keeping a close eye on the story as well. And so just to get your your take on it would be would be amazing. Um, so I guess the first thing is this this Chinese spy balloon, you know, was the first thing that broke a couple of weeks ago now. And, you know, we had China respond saying it was more for meteorological meteorological purposes do you, do you buy that story based on the payload well we haven't gotten so much information back from the payload last i heard last night i believe is that uh the fbi has recovered most of the electronics they said most of the electronics of course it's all going to be underwater but i think they'll be able to determine what you know what it was what the equipment could actually do but they're not going to be able to get back any of the data i think so i, I think they'll they'll get enough and my hunch is that it's going to be potentially military use, but we're not going to be able to tell. You know, I doubt the Chinese would be dumb enough, even if it was a surveillance balloon, and that's what they meant it for, was to pick up signals as, as it's crossing. That's what I think is the most dangerous, is if it just has a receiver on there, which I'm sure it does, to receive signals. And then it's just soaking up signals, right? And then so China could say that it's just a scientific balloon while... Meanwhile, maybe an arm of their uh, of that program, right? Because we've done that a lot in the look at our CIA. You know, of course, this stuff's going to come back and bite us in the ass, right? But yeah. our CIA is attached onto many programs that didn't know that they were doing it. You know, I have a my friend; his dad worked uh, down in South America on some crazy farm or whatever. Uh, he's Seastone. He actually, he's the artist on our UAP society, and he found out later that his dad actually, his dad quit the program because it was led by CIA. The CIA has actually infiltrated it. So they'll, they're known to actually go into other programs, right? As a, you know, whatever university professor or something. I could see that happening where China, basically there's an element of China in the, you know, if it's all government that has, that's using this, sees it as an opportunity to try and get some intelligence. That being said, what are you really going to get? You know, I think that's why the Air Force didn't shoot it down because they're like, look, they're not they're going to get nothing from this. You know, I mean, we we fly spy planes uh, near China, you know, <laughs> getting much more information. We have satellites flying right over China right now. They have the same thing. They have satellites flying over the U.S. as as we speak. All, all countries do. Right. You can't stop uh, a satellite from being in orbit. The only the only difference is that's further away. So now that's going to be at 250 miles is around where your your low earth orbit is where the ISS is. Yeah, 250 uh, miles. And so that's much further away, right? Uh, but I was talking to Mark D'Antonio, I was on an interview with him this week, again, crazy week. Um, and he was saying on the Martin Wells show, he was saying that he was a he was he worked on satellites, and a geosynchronous satellite, right? That's hundreds of thousands, that's 1000s of miles away. He could read a license plate from a, wow. from thousands of miles uh, miles away, and that's with a geosynchronous. I'm sorry, not geosynchronous satellite. Okay, so that's the difference. So, geosynchronous satellite, you're out at uh, ten thousand or thousands of miles. I don't know the exact distance out, right? But if you're in the same spot over the over the Earth now, you have to be much further away. 
Okay. So those satellites, they can't read a license plate. That's correct. But the low Earth orbits, the ones at 250 miles above, they can read a license plate, but they fly over very fast. All right. right. Okay. They go right over because you're so close to the Earth. Um, they go over very quickly. That's why the ISS, if you run out to look at it, you'll see it for, I don't know, less than a minute, I think is what it goes yeah. by. I need to actually calculate low Earth orbit, you know, how fast it goes by. So on those satellites, they can read license plates. You know, they can identify you is what Mark D'Antonio was saying. That kind of, you know, enemy of the state kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're only there for a minute, right? They're only there for a minute. So that, what would be impressive and abundantly stupid is if China actually threw one of those systems onto a, a balloon, which they wouldn't, right? It's so expensive. It, it, and then we would find it. So it wouldn't make any sense. So I don't think they're really going to get any like good data. You know, really accurate. They're not reading anyone's faces from that spy balloon, you know, unless they have a, you know, $100 million, $10, 20000000 million camera on there. So probably it's just soaking up electrons, trying to trying to get get lucky. But yeah, I don't think they're getting anything out of it. That's why the, the U.S. Air Force waited so long to shoot it down. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but I think the initial fear was that because it appeared over Montana and, you know, we've got Malmstrom and the ICBM sites that that ultimately sparked the fear that they were monitoring our nuclear assets. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense what you said. Um, and I hope that we do get to learn more, whether they're going to be forthcoming with the information. If they do find anything is a different story. So, Well, we did the same thing. It's kind of like um, in the 50s, we had our own spy program uh, with balloons. So I, ma I made a video about it earlier this week on my channel on uh, on Lato Files, but basically, before the the before we went into space, right before Sputnik, uh, balloons was the only way. Right? I mean, you had rockets, but it would go up and down. So the only way to actually get up there and stay there, uh, any sort of altitudes, is with balloons. So yeah. so space balloons, you know, was kind of the thing before they went uh, on rockets. And so we had our own programs, and we sent it was like five hundred and forty balloons over <laughs> over russia and china <laughs> and they and the thing is we only recovered 10 percent of them so as far as like an operational it, it's a technology people people kind of laugh about it and make jokes about it but it's not easy it's not easy to control a giant buoyant thing <laughs> in near space that's a domain we don't know we, we don't use it um, because the technology hasn't been there until now, uh, until I guess soon, right? Because uh, I've also heard if you had a material that was strong enough, right? These balloons are made out of this, like it's latex. So it's, I, I guess latex is actually a natural material. I just found this out. And that dust you see on it is a talcum powder yeah. that keeps it, that keeps it from sticking to itself. So when it, when it expands these amazing expansions, right? Um, it won't pop, but then any little tear in that latex, it'll pop. But imagine if you had a material that was like made out of buckyballs or something. And inside of it, you could suck all the air out and make it a vacuum. And that thing, if it's strong enough, you can make it thin enough so it could be lighter than air. So now you could actually put, you know, a permanent balloon up there, not made out of latex, but now it's made out of um, some super material. Uh, and then controlling it is, is going to be probably the most difficult thing, you know, but maybe there's not big wind currents up there in the stratus. You know, I don't know the stratosphere weather. Right. I don't know how it works there. I, uh I don't think anybody knows. And so that that's really kind of cool that we're getting into that because I really think space balloons is going to be the future. I, I think people aren't going to go to space in a, in a rocket. You know, it's going to be much too too expensive. So like people like you and me are going to go to space in, in a balloon or, or near space. You know, you're going to go up to 130,000 feet. You're going to be in the black of, you know, to be black of, of the sky. Uh, maybe you can see the sunset. 
and then you know you drink some champagne or something and then you'll come back down i think that's <laughs> going to be next year in the 2030s like people are going to be doing that so i think it's a burgeoning burgeoning uh kind of tech tech field and the military hasn't been doing it no one's been doing it so uh, china is just mass expanding right and so i see them just kind of following in our footsteps, it's a lot easier to just follow what other people did than invent your own new stuff. So I think they're right at that spot where can they control these balloons? <laughs> Probably not. And if you look back, we had the same row back in 57, I think 1957, when the Soviets, when they caught all of our stuff, and they found this cameras, these cameras on there, they were pissed. So it started kind of a similar row that we're seeing now. Yeah, absolutely. And now obviously, the the, the the conversation has been really focused on these three other objects, you know, that smaller, and what we're being told is that there's very little known about them. So let's start start February the 10th on the free Friday. The the Alaska object was shot down. What do we know about that one? OK, excellent. Yeah, if you let me share my screen, I have a map I, I built. I built a Google project. If people want to uh, load it, I can give you the the link. But basically, cool. this is Alaska. And I think I, I was actually there for four years. You know, I was at this base right here, Eielson Air Force Base. Oh, OK. Um, as an aggressor, it's probably my favorite fi flying assignment. I mean, just amazing out here. This is a two mile long runway. It was made for the, the space shuttle. They used right. it as an alternate landing. And if you look at where Alaska is, right, let's look at it as we zoom out. This is why Alaska is important. I need to get rid of the clouds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you see here is uh, this is the North Pole right here, right? Yeah. Oh, we can't see the map. OK, well, let me just scan around. This is Russia, OK? This is all Russia going around here. And if you go there, now there's Alaska and then America. So from the north, if you're at the North Pole, the Earth looks very different. Yeah. And that's what we learned is that, you know, the war with, the, with the, a war with Russia is going to happen right here. This is where we, I mean, we touch Russia. We have a border with Russia, essentially, right here <laughs> in Alaska. It's very far. People don't, you know, if you're not from a, even Americans don't realize how far this is. You know, this is like a four hour flight. Like Europe is, it fits right in here. Wow. You know, if you look, because this is as as tall as America, you know, uh, the state of Alaska fits in right here. So it's it's really big area, really um, large space. There's no people. out. There's no roads out here. There's, I mean, this is all you have to fly to this area of Alaska to get out <laughs> here. So this is out out in the middle of nowhere. And this is why it's kind of heating up with Alaska. I mean, sorry, with Russia is that's our closest point. Uh, and, and lately, I guess just this past week, you had some uh, Tu-95 bomber that was intercepted by F-16s. Again, out of this is Elmendorf Air Force Base down here. Uh, I'm, I'm, is that working? Oh, sorry, Elmendorf Air Force Base down here. Um, and so the the Russians actually, there's a program I, I can't remember what it's called. It's called um, I'd have to look it up after this. Friendly Skies or something like that. We have an agreement with the Russians where they fly their bombers over our our uh country um and you know with uh, and we know when they're coming we set it up obviously we close all the the secret doors just like the balloon kind of like the balloon flight you know we know they're coming uh and then they'll they'll come in i don't know i doubt that's going on now with with all the recent um mm. issues in ukraine but that's what happens tu-95 came here up to 12 nautical miles right any any country can fly their planes 12 nautical miles off your coast right because that's international water so that i guess where all the spy planes are all <laughs> right they're gonna be <laughs> 13 miles off the coast there's you know it's it's legal um so anyway now that's that's to set it up so this is this is alaska the f-22s are down to here the f-35s are here at my old base at eilson 
Allison Air Force Base. And then this is that Ice Road Truckers. If you've ever seen that show. Yeah. Ice, Ice Road Truckers. This is it, man. This is the road. It's it's the road up to Prudhoe Bay. Uh, yeah, it's it, this is it. So Ice Road Truckers. This is the only road to get up there. And so the shoot down, from what I understand, is they were tracking north. So again, this area, like I just mentioned, is really important, right? Because that's where <laughs> that's where the Russians would come from. Or, yeah, anyone else? And so um, what they did was, is they they lowered the clutter, right? After they shot down the first balloon, there was a lot of issues. What are all these things flying in our airspace? So they lowered the clutter on the radar. So now they can pick up a lot smaller objects. And they track something over towards this area to Prudhoe Bay. And they launched first, they launched F-35s out of here. This was on Saturday, I think Saturday morning. And they it's this is far, right? You would definitely need a tanker. So right. they had tankers with them. And there are tankers at Ielson as well. There's an Air National Guard tanker base. So the whole base, you know, the bases of Alaska were oriented towards this, I'm sure. So they had F-32, F-35s came up here with a tanker. I'm guessing with a tanker. And they said uh, they tried to identify it. And I guess they couldn't identify it. And one of them, again, this is rumor. One of the pilots said that it messed with his sensors on an F-35. Mm. Affected his sensors. You know, the F-35 is very advanced aircraft. It knows when you're trying to mess with it. So maybe it could be telling him that or picking up some errant signals or something. The other F-35 said there was no issues. So so they didn't have any weapons, I'm guessing, or... Yeah, I mean, they're normally training, so they didn't have live weapons. The F-22s, sounds like they were on alert. So they had live weapons, and they came up and they shot this thing down. Um, Last I heard was it was a... cylinder-shaped object but i didn't get a full identification of it do you think that's that that's legit do you think the pilots wouldn't be able to get good eyes on or or even like gun camera or flare flare you know would it would it appear in on those systems yeah well they shot it so i listened to, I, I learned a lot of information just by listening to the lake huron shoot down um let me come back to that question. Don't forget that question. Sure, uh, no, no, no worries. Yeah, so we'll co- we'll come back to that. But you know, did they see it, and would it be difficult? Yeah, there's definitely issues with that. Okay. Um, so then, then that same day, okay, they tracked another object. I'm flowing down in this area, flowing east. And interesting for me is all these objects are flowing to the east with the weather. So when I initially heard that with the wind, I was, I kind of just feel like they're balloons. You know, okay. that was my initial impression. Is or this is clutter. Maybe it is something, a device that people have thrown up to pretend to be a balloon. You know, even even the Chinese, like I said, they can throw up a spy balloon, but it's just a normal science surveillance balloon. Maybe it is. And maybe the people that send it up think it is. It doesn't mean that it, it hasn't been uh, also taken over, I guess, or used by the uh, intelligence agencies. So the second one, um, this is the third shoot down, right? So later in the day, they shoot that one down. They track this object. They launch... F-22s again, and they shoot this down, this time in Canada, right? So this is right. the Canadian border right here. So they had to talk to, Biden had to t- call Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau, and say, hey, can we shoot this thing down? Because it's going into Canada, right? And then I think the Canadian F-18s came out. Yeah. My guess is, again, again, li- having live weapons not normal, right? This is the first time any any the U.S. has shot anything down around yeah. the US. I couldn't believe that. I thought I heard that statement. I was like, surely that can't be correct. <laughs> um, but that's correct. You know, so we never had live weapon, you know, it was training weapons, essentially. Live weapons impart a, a lot of 
a lot more issues. But the alert birds, the, the, the planes that are on alert to defend, again, the country, they'll have live weapons. Or if you have enough time, you can make live weapons. They shot this one down. Um, initially, it was a cylindrical object. But then I heard, uh, I read that it was a small metallic balloon. That's what came out. Um, Is this so the one that was that about, one on the si about the size of a small car? Was, it, was that that one? Uh, that's the... There's so much data, right, from all yeah. these different news articles. Everyone's writing news articles. Like, literally every <laughs> every place out there is writing news articles. I think they were, all three of, of these, so this one, this one, and the, the, the fourth one here I'll talk about Yeah, um, are small, from what I believe. Smaller than a car. So this one, uh, this is a, again, flew across initially on Saturday, I believe it was picked up out here. Right. Um, or near Montana. And then they launched the Portland F8. They launched 15 F-15s out of Portland is what I read. <laughs> again, I, who knows if all the writing is correct. But sure. 15 <laughs> to get over here again with tanker operations to try and find this thing. They couldn't, I guess, or identify it. But I heard that may be an interesting engagement, this F-15 engagement. I heard it may be interesting. Um, they lost it, though. So then it keeps going, travels across. They pick it up again. They, they believe it's the same object. Um, and then they they end up shooting it down over Lake Huron. I can't say that correctly. Apparently, all the Americans <laughs> correct Lake Huron. He Huron. <laughs> How would you pronounce this? Uh, Lake Huron. Okay, you probably say it correctly. Lake Huron. I did it. <laughs> um, yep. So then they shoot it down here, and and there they get a good identification on it. In in this engagement over Lake Huron and the over Florida, the original, the first Chinese balloon takedown. They were transmitting on open source, so they didn't have the radios encrypted. Again, you're right. you're not in a war zone area, you know. You're back over the U.S. You're you're at home. It's pretty relaxed. So we picked up all the communications. So I did a, I did a video just listening to the communications on this, and in that video they talk. Yeah, you can hear clearly them talking about how difficult it is to see this thing and to shoot right. it, and particularly it's difficult to see with your eyes. So they're able to pick it up. The radars pick it up, right? So whatever radar they, they made more sensitive out here is able to pick this thing up. And it's transmitting it to the fighters. And then the fighters are able to lock it with their radar. They say okay. there, I have radar contact or I lost it. And the targeting pod. So the targeting pod, that same thing you see in uh, the gimbal and the GoFast videos. You know, that's what they'll see. And you can hear him describe it in there. He described it as a container, right? So a square shape with strings hanging down. Okay. It's it's black and black hot. And he said it's about the size of a four-wheeler. Okay. So based on that, they they can see it with their systems. They can shoot at it, right? Because he said that all their systems can see it, right? The the targeting pod can see it and the missile can see it. But it's going so slow that in order to shoot it with the cannon, the cannon is our 20-millimeter 20 cannon that we have. Sure. Uh, amazing weapon. But in order to shoot it with that, you have to get within range. And within range on the gun is about a mile and a half. Okay. Right? Which, which seems far. You're like, oh, that's pretty far away. Not, but in fighter in fighter speeds, it's not far at all. It's very close, actually. Because, you, you know, if you're going normal fighter speeds, right? Normal fighter speeds is like 400 knots. Sure. You know, if I... It, I guess in this situation, I uh, you can fly slower because there's no real danger, right? The biggest danger to this is them hitting it, them running of into course. it, or it, it being, you know, has a bomb on it or something. Right. Um, so them running into it is the biggest danger. If it goes down one of your engines, you will crash. 
Okay. The plane will crash, right? And and I guess people also don't don't realize that. So using the gun's very dangerous in, in these situations because they can't see it. And in order to shoot something with the gun, the, at least the way it works in the F-16, I don't know actually, it must work the same in the other fighters. Um, you have to actually see the target and then shoot it. Now, it, the radar lock will help you, right? Yeah. You'll get a little circle over it. You get a little circle, but you still have to put your little, the the death dot, we call it the death dot. It's a radar calculated uh, gunpoint. You still have to put it right over the target. If you can't see it, you know, then you can't shoot it. So I, I've never heard of that in, happening before. You know, normally if something's, normally it's big enough, you can identify it. Yeah. But now we're getting into microtech. You're talking about micro drones. You know, can these F-16s, could they even, what if this was a drone? You, you know, a long-term drone that, you know, it's difficult for them to engage with it. To be fair, though, they did shoot it, right? They shot it, They but it took two missiles. That, so the, the miss, first missile uh, missed, uh, or for some reason. And I have a little video to show if I, my guess as to why. Uh, yeah, they yeah, did hit it with ahead. the second missile. I think you just need to switch the tab. You want me to show it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, so I made a short on my channel on why the first missile, I think, missed. Okay, I don't know, but here it is. 16 jet involved in the shootdown over Lake Huron missed its first shot, according to Fox News. A second sidewinder hit the mysterious craft. The air intercept missile 9X is 9 feet 11 inches long, 5 inches in diameter, and uses an infrared proximity fuse. Basically, a flashlight sends out infrared light and then receives it. Most likely, the target was just too small to reflect adequate light. It didn't fuse, so the first missile missed. The Air Force F-16 simulation. Yeah, so that's my guess as to why it missed. Is uh, yeah. Basically, it's just small. It didn't fuse. So the right. missiles have to fuse, or it has to spear it. Yeah. And these missiles are very good, actually. You know, I think your modern missiles can easily spear targets based on just how capable they are. But if that thing's so small... Right, it's not going to spear it like the spy balloon they speared. You know, I didn't see a frag explosion. I think I believe they took out the exploding part of that missile. Oh but, right, okay. Yeah, if you're just going to shoot it, if, th if this thing is just the size of a four wheeler and you shoot a missile at it, it the missile needs to fuse off of it to explode. It needs to know to explode, and and I think my guess is it just didn't, or there's some other malfunction. You know, I I wasn't there obviously. This is just a guess, but if everything worked as it's supposed to then I think it's just not designed to shoot down balloons or balloon-sized targets. Right, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, there's been so much talk on social media about, you know, this generally could be, you know, UAP from elsewhere. I mean, I certainly have not gone that far with my my thing, my beliefs, let's say, but there just doesn't seem to be, something doesn't add up and, uh, and I think that's what's thrown up all the, the controversy. So, you know, we had Biden speaking on it yesterday without giving us any any new information. We've got um, Marco Rubio and Kirsten Gillibrand really pushing for more funding for the Arrow office. Uh, and I think, you know, with all that connecting to the UFO subject, it's just people are thinking, you know, it's Project Bluebeam and all these weird and wonderful conspiracies. And it's just become become bigger than it than it really probably should be. So. One thing that I did notice this morning, I'm just going to share my screen, is we got this article about a hobby club having a missing balloon, feared shot down. 
I mean, look at the size of that thing. I mean, if this is what they're talking about, how could that really fit with with the descriptions of what you know that we do know is that these things were small, possibly the size of a small car? Something doesn't really add up there. What do you think? No, that's exactly what it would look like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you got to remember, you're looking at infrared. Um. Yeah, but that, I think... surely that wouldn't give out a signature, would it? Like a heat signature, if it's just air in a. Yeah, the temperature is the same. You're right because um, under infrared, if you remember back the uh, the rubber duck, remember the rubber duck? UAP? Yeah, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, and on that one, it was a latex balloon. If you remember, and and it the temperature on the inside was the same as the outside. Right. So it was invisible to, in, to the infrared to the to the targeting pod. I think that's what we ended up. That's what we did, or seemed like the most uh, possible explanation. So I think you're right. If if the temperature on the inside is the same as the outside of that latex material, it's going to be very difficult to see uh, in an infrared targeting pod. But they see it. You know, they're seeing them. Um, mm. So that, I mean, this is the thing. this is still so many confusing things that don't add up. I, for me, I'm I'm happy. You know. I think it's great. <laughs> I just want to say that because it, it's just showing that they had just no clue about UAPs. You know, um, yeah. I, you know, I ha through, I don't have like direct contacts with generals really anymore. You know, but I have friends. That, you know, and I think the generals don't even know about. I mean, couldn't define UAP. I asked through uh, a three-star general to one of my one of my friends, and never hadn't heard of it. <laughs> you know, that's a three-star general in the Air Force. Wow. So I think they just don't know about it. I, I you know, I think we live in this world where we're talking UFO, UAPs every every day, every week. And so we're like, of course, yeah, it's obvious. Like, <laughs> I think it's still just not mainstream. You know, we think it's mainstream, but it's really not. I've been surprised at the the reverse. So when I talk to people in the UFO community, you know, like Martin Willis, he's like, I don't think they're balloons. You know, Chris Mellon's like, I mean, he, Martin Willis said, I think they're balloons. I don't think they're UFOs. Um, Chris Mellon is basically saying these are all most likely balloons. You know, you're saying initially I thought the balloons, it's just funny. We don't think they're UFOs, but the, mm -hmm. but then when I go to, there's some, uh, Max Aftermurner, he's another YouTuber. I haven't worked with him all. He doesn't answer my, my emails or anything. Um, but now he's talking about that. They are UFOs, right? He went, <clears throat> so it's like mainstream is saying they're UFOs and we're all like, no, no, these aren't, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. And then everyone's like, what do you think? What do you think? And I don't want to, I don't know. I feel bad being like, nah, it's a, it's probably a balloon, man. I mean, it'd be great. But like, do you really think we could have shot down the Tic Tac? I mean, no. you look at the Foo Fighters. I mean, they shot machine guns from like 50 feet away at Foo Fighters. It just went right into them. You know, it was like, um, I don't know. It, it would just be a very different uh, kind of uh, engagement. So I, yeah, I would be very surprised if these were UAPs, obviously, you know, and I don't think they would even tell us. Maybe if they found it in Canada, maybe the Canadians are have the integrity that internally they just have to tell the world. But I think we, we probably wouldn't find out, uh, wouldn't find out anyway. Uh, but either way, I'm very happy that they're just talking about UAPs. Yeah. And you look like the president. So he gets up there and he's like, we're standing up another task force. <laughs> It's like, no, Mark Ruby's like, no. You know how many task force we made? 
We had the AMSG, AO AIMSOG. We had the UAP task force. We had something else interim. We have the NASA task force. You know, we don't need any more damn task no. force, man. We have plenty of task force and they settled on it. They settled on a great one, Arrow. It's a, yeah. It has a good name, although it has office in the end. So I don't know how you just have to refer to it as the Arrow. But it's still great. I mean, just go to Arrow. So hopefully, when I saw Marco Rubio's comment, I was like, yes, you know, he's... He's so good because he he was saying that look we this is no different from what we normally see like we see this all the time I've I've looked at hundreds of reports like this it's just they're not even looking you know around the U S so now I think they'll be looking and he ham Chris Chris Mellon especially just hammered the Air Force he says yeah. the Air Force is just literally being hostile to requests to try and find out what these things are and so the the Air Force you just see that Air Force general up there just getting pummeled with questions you know. <laughs> And so all those all those times when they're like UAP, you know, this isn't important. I need to go bomb people in Afghanistan. You know, it's like, well, maybe this is important. You know, maybe we should stop bombing people overseas that we don't even know. Right. And maybe we should like use that and look, look around in our own environment, look at our own universe, <laughs> figure out what's going on on our own shores. You know, it, I don't know. I think it's UAPs. I see this as a great opportunity to collaborate. Right. Because let's say we can convince the world that that there there's things we don't know about the universe and we could actually just instead of fighting for limited resources here we could collaborate to find unlimited resources out in the universe right i mean i'm pretty sure we're not resource limited we're hit by the sun billions of tons of how much energy every day like we have we have plenty of energy the biggest problem right now on earth is us is humans not being able to work together yeah. And I just, I don't know. I think UAPs is a great angle. It's bipartisan. You, it's science related and educating about the universe. We could really just glob onto that. Like we, we don't have to be a warring culture uh, despite what everyone says, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I'm optimistic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was getting certain comments on social media going, oh, this, this guy's posting these because he genuinely thinks it's UFOs. And I, I, I had to put out a statement saying, I don't think it's UFOs. I'm covering this because it shows it's interesting to see how the mainstream is all over it. It's interesting to see the public reaction and the UFO community's reaction and the fact that there's very little stigma that everyone's talking about UAP to some degree. And I think that's a, a brilliant way to kind of push this to people that may not be used to talking about UFOs and things like that. So, you know, I think that was really I had to make that statement. I did not think it was UFOs. It was, you know, something else more prosaic. It's crazy. I'm just, and I am surprised by the the balloon tech, you know, because we launched balloons last year. You remember for UAP Society? Yeah, yeah. And I, I got so many questions, man. Everybody is like, why balloons? Why? It's just a waste of money. Um, and, it, you know, to be honest, it does cost a lot to send up these balloons, right? You, getting them back is difficult even if you get back if you're able to find the payload yeah um you can get back you still lose like the helium and stuff um so it is cheap but i don't know i, I just feel vindicated seeing all these balloons in the news you know and i actually have we've launched balloons so i know actually what they would be like and the reason is because that was the primary uh mundane explanation you know one reason was like go fast i can't argue that it's not a balloon Right? It's impossible with only one viewpoint. Mm. But now, ha having actually launched a balloon, I'm like, man, I don't know. It, 
if that is a balloon, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel vindicated, I guess, for the UAP community in general, just for us that like, we've been talking about this stuff for, for years. Um, yeah. Chris Mellon's been pushing it, you know, his new article, I'm going to cover it tonight on a live stream. I'm going to do just really explains it very well that these things have been going on. And, and it's like, finally, like we have some general awareness from, uh, from the public, at least in yeah. the U S you know, this is going on. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, this, I think this story is not over yet the, with these objects. I think it will continue to see how it plays out, whether we learn much more uh, as the general public. I'm not really that optimistic about it, but it's interesting. And uh, yeah, listen, Chris, I, I appreciate you, you joining me and talking about it. Um, I know you're a busy man. So yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Vinny. I, they do, one last point is they do have all the video. You know, we know we, they have the targeting pod video okay. of these objects. And like Marco Ruby said, he said 95% of everything in that room is not classified. You know, we can share that with the with the public. So if there's any Americans listening, um, you know, you can talk to your congressman and ask them to share the information. So that's that's what I would, I would propose is that uh, we push to try and get this information released. Yeah, I mean, those videos, if we saw them, then it kind of puts the story to bed to a degree. Uh, so yeah, yeah, if it's a balloon, just release it, you know. And... Yeah, absolutely. They did. They showed the first one, the China spy balloon. You know, so yeah, why not? We shall see. But again, thank you so much, buddy. And uh, all your links are in the description below. If anyone is had their head buried in the sand and not seen Chris's channel and the UAP Society channel, go and check them out in the description. Chris, enjoy your weekend and your week, and uh, we'll catch up soon, buddy. All right, thank you, Vinny. Take care. Thanks, mate. Bye bye.